0: Thank you, Pastor Chris. Welcome, everyone, to the 11 o'clock service. Um, I would like to pray for Pastor Chris uh, real quick before we get started. Lord God, um, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together, Lord. And as important as, as it is for Pastor Chris to be home, he is missed here. And we pray protection over him, Lord God. We pray his, his test comes back negative, Lord God. And the one that he was exposed to that had the positive test, we pray, he is symptomatic free and a quick healing for him, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, 21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We are to submit to one another out of reverence, respect, honor, and obedience and fear of God. But for me, submitting has been something that's been very difficult. There have been many times that I have said, I am submitting to no man, and no man's going to hold me back from what I want. And in the past, during conflict with my husband Joe, I may have been known to say things like, if you're looking for a good little wife, find somebody else because that ain't me. Now it's been a while since I've said things like that but where did it come from? As a little girl and as a teen, I saw things in my parents, with my parents that were not respectful, loving or kind. I saw things that were oppressive. So when I had it in my head that I ain't tolerating any of that. I'm not submitting to my husband. I am submitting to no man. Does anyone else struggle with submitting to the word, no. Anyone? Because I know I do. Cat, Sorry, I called you out. (laughs) Um, When you hear the word, no, do you say or think things like, that's gonna hold me back from what I want or what I want to do? Even though I have grown in this, um, I still have moments. I am a work in progress, I am not perfect, and I fail miserably sometimes. But now they are little moments and they happen less and less. And very quickly, I'm getting quicker and quicker at recognizing, surrendering and submitting to it. Whether uh, you are a man or a woman, we all have people that we have to submit to on a daily basis. Whether you're young or old, there are people in your life that you have to submit to. We need to submit to others, to each other to church leaders, to government leaders, to our boss. We need to submit to leaders of ministries, organizations, or events that you're volunteering for. We need to submit to the police, within our marriages, to our parents' kids, and of course the Lord. If someone is in a position of leadership, whether it's within the church or a job, any kind of leadership position, and others have to submit to them, are they more important than those who are submitting to them? Are those who are doing the submitting less than those they are submitting to? When Christian Herder was governor of Massachusetts, he was running hard for a second term in office, and he had a day of running hard for votes He had no lunch, and he finally ends his day at a church barbecue. By now, he's starving. So he's going down the serving line, and he gets to the woman who's serving chicken. She places a piece of chicken on his plate and moves on to the next person. He's like, excuse me, can I have another piece of chicken? She's like, sorry, I'm only to give one piece per person. He's like, but I'm starving. She's like, sorry, only one to a customer. Now the governor was usually a modest and unassuming man. But today, he's like, I'm gonna throw a little bit of weight around. And he looks at her and he says, do you know who I am? I'm the governor of this state. And she looks at him and she says, do you know who I am? I'm the lead in charge of the chicken. Now move it on, mister. So sometimes, even people who are in a leadership or authority position have to submit to others. Let me give you another example. I've been kids ministry director here for the last five years at True Life Church. And I've had volunteers under me who had to submit to my authority within kids ministry. But I have to submit to Pastor Chris as lead pastor here at True Life Church. But when we did our Christmas shop last December, I oversaw that event. I had the authority within that event. And Pastor Chris volunteered to help with that event He then, as a volunteer, had to submit to my authority within the kids ministry, uh, excuse me, within the, uh, the Christmas shop. Even though the governor had authority, he had to submit to the chicken lady because, well, she had the chicken, the authority over the chicken. But like I said, submitting to authority is something that many of us can struggle with, whether you're a man or a woman. So for the last couple of years, God's been kind of working in me and showing me what it means to truly submit. So let's first take a look at what the word submit means. If you Google submit, it will say that it means to yield to a superior force or the authority or will of another person. When we submit, we are recognizing that someone has authority and out of respect, we act accordingly. If we look at it in the military context, the military has um, generals, colonels, uh, majors, captains, lieutenants, sergeants, privates, and all kinds of things in between. Each level or rank has authority. Each level or rank has to submit to the authority above them. Being a part of the true life pastoral staff is being on a team. Being a part of my family is being on a team. And every team has that authority figure. So, we're going to break it down a little bit with some of the submissions we have to do in life. We will talk about wives to husbands, employees to employers, and all of us to the government. And then we will talk about when is it okay to not submit? So let's start with my fellow wives. You ladies ready? Colossians 3.18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. The commentary David Guzik writes, Submission means you are part of a team. If the family is a team, then the husband is the captain of the team. The wife has her place, in relation to the captain, and the children have their place to the captain and the wife. But even if we look at it with the military idea, the husbands are the generals, the wives are the colonels. And as colonels, we have authority, we have leadership, we make decisions, and we have ideas for the family. But as colonels in rank, we need to submit to our husbands. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head, the captain or the general, of the wife, as Christ is the head, the captain or general, of the church. If we look at Colossians 3.18 real quick and look at the end of the verse. So the, the verse starts with, Wives, submit to your own husbands, and then ends with, as it is fitting to the lord we need to submit to our husbands as it is fitting to the lord but what does that even mean it means that we are to submit to our when we submit to our husband we are being obedient to the lord we are honoring god and his word we are recognizing and honoring god's order of authority we are glorifying god and for me, it's not just because I want to honor and respect my husband, but more importantly, I think it's because I want to be obedient to my God. And right now, the world does not like the idea of wives submitting to their husbands. And some wives may argue, my husband doesn't deserve my submission. He's not worthy of my submission. But there is only one who is worthy of our submission and that is Christ. He's the only one who is worthy. But in that submission, we're being obedient to God. We need to be focused on being a good wife in God's eyes, and not the world's eyes. So let's take a quick look at what it means to be a good wife in God's eyes. So 1 Peter 3, 4 says that it's having a gentle, quiet spirit. So we need to be kind and loving in our words. And it doesn't mean we don't have a voice. We do have a voice, but our voice does need to be respectful. Ephesians 5.33 says, respect your your husbands. Being a good wife in God's eyes means fighting for your husband and your marriage in prayer, not with your husband. It means being kind and loving in our attitude and our actions. When I volunteered um, at the homework club, I used to tease Lori Miskin a lot about her kindness to her husband. She took very good care of her husband, Jack. I would tease her because she would iron his shirts. Or I would tease her because she was making up a bunch of meals for him when she was going away. But God showed me through Lori's actions that her actions were loving her husband, respecting her husband, and being kind to her husband. Her actions began to impact me because my attitude was like, he's a good boy. He can iron his own stinking shirts. Being a good wife in God's eyes does not mean I have to stifle my leadership. It doesn't mean I'm not a part of the decisions of our life. I have thoughts and ideas. God created me with a brain. I am to use it. I don't have to agree with everything, but how I disagree makes the difference. Am I listening before reacting? James 1, 19. I don't have to be perfect, and I'm surely not no doormat. It's about conducting myself in a way that is obedient to the Lord. And this is something that I'm still working on. I still struggle with this at times. I fail miserably sometimes. But I'm getting better at recognizing repenting and surrendering quickly. Ladies, first Peter chapter three, verses three and four says that it's not our outward looks that makes us a beautiful wife. It's not our hair and our makeup and our clothes, because those are all fading beauties. It's having a gentle spirit. It's putting your trust in God and accepting the authority God has given your husband. And that is what makes us beautiful wives, which are all unfeeding beauties. Ladies, is there an area in your marriage that you are resisting a rebellion against your husband's authority, against his leadership? Is there anything you need to start or stop doing today to show your respect and trust in Jesus' work in your husband? Single ladies, what is one thing that you can do today to prepare your heart for marriage? So what about our employers? We're going to be in Ephesians 6, verses 5 and 8. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8 says, Bond servants, obey your earthly master with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. So do we only submit to our boss? only when he's around to see us working hard? No. Do we submit to our boss and work hard only if we have a boss that's nice? No. Do we submit to our boss and work hard to please only our boss? Not at all. We are to submit to our boss and we're to work hard with a good attitude, not complaining or talking about our boss behind his back. My kids have come home so many times complaining about their boss and the way they want things done or what is expected of them and how it's not fair. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Your boss has the authority in the workplace. Now, as an employee, just as a wife has a voice, so do you as an employee or a volunteer. But how you use your voice makes a difference. We submit to our boss and work hard all the time as if we were working for Christ. So if we keep in mind that we are working for Christ, then we will honor Christ by working hard and honestly with our whole hearts. So who are you working for? Who are you really working for? So the last area of submission I'm going to touch on is our government. And this can be hard for some of us right now. We are in a season that is difficult and weird. It's a season that we have never had to endure before in our lifetime. This is something that I have struggled with myself. But going into God's word, I've kind of found myself Whoops, hold on one second. Finding myself seeing things differently. Hold on a second, guys. Sorry. Okay. So um, I had big, like I said, I had into God's word and started seeing things a little differently and had a little bit of a change in my heart. Our government leaders have put in place some mandates that they deem necessary but have been difficult for us. We had to shut down pretty, most, pretty much most aspects of our life. We're still waiting for certain businesses to open. Our kids are not in school getting a proper education as they should be. We still have to wear masks in stores and groups. But in in, uh, Romans 13, verse 1, it says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in position of authority have been placed there by God. Our government leaders have been placed by God for God's purpose and God's plan. Even if we don't understand what God's plan is, because we can't see the whole picture or we can't imagine like how this could possibly be God's plan, we need to trust that God's the one who put that person in position. Exodus nine sixteen, God said to Pharaoh, I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and my name might be proclaimed to all the earth. So just as God was the one who raised up Pharaoh for his plan and his purpose, God is the one who raised up President Trump. God is the one who raised up Governor Murphy for his plan and his purpose. So even if we don't like the government authority that God has placed, that authority source comes from God. And truly, to truly be submitting to God, we need to submit to the authority he has placed. Romans 13.2 says, that um, when we don't submit to the government authority, we are opposing God's command. So whether you like Trump or not, or you like Biden or not, we need to recognize our government leadership has authority that has been appointed by God and act accordingly. We must be obedient to the government and matters civil and national in order to be obedient to God. First Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. A quote that I came across says, if our leaders do not have biblical views, we can pray for their minds to align with God's word. Instead of complaining or being angry, we can fight the enemy's agenda through the power of prayer. Leaders carry a bit more responsibility than many people realize, and it is our duty to help fight their spiritual battles, beginning with prayer. If our government is not aligned with God's word, the first thing we need to do is drop on our knees and pray for them. We are to fight for them in prayer. We need to be fighting for them in prayer, whether you like the authority or not, whether you like Trump or not, whether you like Biden or, or not, you need to be fighting for them in prayer. Mark twelve seventeen, Jesus says, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. So Caesar had the civil authority, and Jesus says, give it to him. Give it what belongs to him. But give to God what is God's. And as believers, you belong to God. So give your lives to God, but make sure you're giving God all aspects of your life. Your fears, your needs, your concerns with the government. Are you complaining about Trump only, or are you giving your concerns about Trump to God? Are you complaining about the Democrats only, or are you giving your concerns about the Democrats to God? Acts 23, 5, Paul says, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. This is a tough one, right? I know I've gotten caught up in some conversations that weren't so kind about our government. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't have conversations about what our government is doing or not doing. But in those conversations, we need to be careful where our heart, our thoughts, our words, and our attentions are going in that conversation. Now, that being said, there are times where we as citizens need to use our voice and stand up. But again, how we use our voice matters. Should we gather the villagers with their pitches and uh, pitchforks and storm the Capitol? I don't think so. First, we're to go on our knees, go before the Lord in prayer. We are to prayerfully appeal to our leadership, to our authority, to our governments. We are to seek wisdom and direction as we appeal to our leadership. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and other Israelites were captured by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king ordered his chief eunuch to feed the Israelites the royal food. Now, the royal food was not clean for the Israelites. Daniel was not defiant and rebellious about not eating that food. He went to the eunuch, and he appealed to him. I personally believe that God shows us in Exodus how he wants us to appeal to our leadership and authority. I feel like God, no feels, it is, it's in his word. God literally walks Moses through how to fight for injustice from pharaoh and i believe that god is teaching us through moses how to appeal to our government through any authority are we using our voice in anger hate and fear are we using our voice in a way that is honoring god Now, with each of these situations of people who we have to submit to, there are times that we do not have to submit. So if my husband Joe says, babe, I want you to drive a getaway car as I rob this bank, I do not have to, nor will I submit to that. That is sinful against God. If Joe wants me to do anything that would dishonor me or our marriage, I do not have to submit to that. That is sinful and against God. When we look in the book of Esther in chapter 1, it says that the king was high on spirits and commanded Queen Veshti to prance around in front of his guests at his banquet to show off her beauty. He wanted her to put the crown on and come and prance in front of his guests. Now, some believe that he wanted her to literally just prance around in her, in her crown. And she wasn't having no part of that. And she didn't have to submit to that because it dishonored her dignity. It dishonored her integrity. If my boss asks me to skim off the top because he's been, uh, you know, fudge the books because he's been skimming off the top, I do not have to submit to that. That is sinful and against God. If our government sets laws that say, we can no longer worship God, we can no longer speak of Jesus, I do not have to nor will I submit to that. That is against what he has commanded us, just as Peter and John did in Acts 4. They were arrested, put in prison, they were released, but they were told to no longer speak about Jesus. But they did what they were commanded to do by God. Abraham Lincoln resisted the Supreme Court's decision in the Dred Scott decision, believing it to be immoral and unjust regarding slavery. The famous preacher, Charles Finney, actually refused to serve communion to slaveholders because he felt he needed to resist those unjust laws. Martin Luther King wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail about how unjust law is no law at all if it violates God's law and must be resisted. And I personally can see have some laws that are going to be coming up soon which the church needs to resist but again it has to be in order to honor God and God's laws not just uh, from our personal preferences or conveniences if you're struggling with submitting or having and you're do, or you're doing it and you're winding and kicking whether it's to your husband or anyone else who has authority Why? Are there past wounds that need to be addressed? Is there a pride, selfishness, self-centered mindset that need to control or fear that you need to die to? Ben, why don't you guys come on up, and as we're closing, one last thought for you guys. In my journey to understand what submitting really means, I had first had to submit to the Lord. I had to confess that this was hard for me. I don't like submitting. It's hard for me to submit. It's hard for me to submit to being told no. I had to confess that I needed God to teach me and guide me and to show me what it truly means to submit. To show me what it it truly means to recognize and honor my husband's authority that has been given to him by God. Submission does not mean anyone is less important or inferior. Submission doesn't mean you don't have a voice. Submission doesn't mean you do not have authority. It means that you are conducting yourself in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. It means you are recognizing and honoring God's order of authority. To truly be submitting to God we need to submit to the authority that has been placed by God and those in our life. That is child to parents, wife to husband, employer or employee to employer and all of us to the government. And As the band leads us in a final worship song, ladies if you are struggling with submitting to your husbands. Are submitting to their authority if you're a person who is struggling with submitting to any though, anyone in who's in your life that has authority if you're struggling with being told no if you're struggling with praying for those who are in authority that you do not like is it ask God to show you is it past wounds that I need to surrender to, past ones that I need to allow to heal? Is it pride and selfishness? Is it a self-centered mindset or need to control that I need to die to? Ask the Lord to teach you and show you what it truly means to submit.